Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome to another episode of my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. And today with me, she actually hasn't been on my podcast for a while. And definitely not since I've been officially with Dia Media. No, I have not. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Claudia Oshray. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. Every time I hear you say that, it truly warms the cockles of my cold, (laughs) dead heart. I love hearing it. You know what? I was, you know what? It reminds me of just like how we met at Sirius. Like, I don't know. It makes me feel happy. That makes me feel so happy. So I don't know if you know, but I've been touring with Stasi Schroeder. Bitch, I fucking know. I was like stalking your Instagram. We have so much to talk about. I want to talk about tour life and I want to okay. talk about just like the whole thing because it really is wild. It's, it's really not what people think it is. It's really not. It's not glam. It's not a party. No, it's it a is, lot of work. But it's a shit ton of work. The only time you're actually having fun is when you're on stage. It's totally true. And it's so fun and it's a high and it's addicting. You're shitting before. Mm-hmm. You're either celebrating or shitting after. Yeah, I'm always like crying after. Are you really? Always. I am going to tell Stassi that like immediately because she is so goddamn hard on herself. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because one of the biggest challenges I've had is not being able to ever gauge if it's a good performance or not. I mean, so Margot is with you. Yes. And cause, so we had Stassi's uh, publicist, Emily, mm-hmm. and thank God she was out in the crowd. Perfect. So she could really get a feel. She's like, same exact show. Mm-hmm. The crowd loved it. Yep. All in your head. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. Like I would get off stage and like literally have tears in my eyes being like Margot, I no like that was no one's ever going to come to a show again and she's like are you crazy that was your best show yet like my gauge is so off and that's not helpful because i need to be able to know like what works what doesn't and that's something i'm definitely still getting used to so what do you do i don't know now i just assume every show is fine Okay, I think that that's probably safe to say. Yeah, like, it's good. I saw you in Boston. Oh, yeah, with what, your brother, Hadi. Oh, my God. I want him and Margot to get together so Me bad. Me too, Hadi If he converted to Judaism, could done, she then? Done. Yes, he'll Har- totally do it. A Harvard man? I know, right? Good enough. Oh, my God. Oh, I want them to be together. We'll be family for Oh, my real. God, that would be so fun. I've I always know. wanted Margot to, like, marry or date someone that I know and, like, was friends with their family. Like, then we could really be a family. Oh, my God, it would be so much fun. I know. Oh, my God, and our kids could grow up together be oh related my god, that would be so cute i know you guys would have a lesbian finally in the family oh my god totally we definitely need a lesbian <laughs> you can we borrow need some edge you can borrow my edge and my accolades whenever you need <laughs> i fucking love you guys so much i'm obsessed with you oh my god so much so much, so much. i miss you so, so much it's we haven't so podcasted like in almost a year i think girl it's been a year yeah it's no joke so welcome to the podcast thank you so much for having me i'm oh feeling excited and nervous <sighs> okay <laughs> nervous no <laughs> Like, oh, you're real? just like so intimidating i know i'm so scary a tour talk real quick Wait, so also really quickly what? can i just say how funny because i was just thinking about when we first met and i was just learning so much about you and i thought you were so interesting why did you think i was interesting because you have such as like an interesting life like you left this marriage that like was just what everyone does you know like everyone just gets married and i thought that was so impressive and i remember you telling me you're like no i'm not, not really a lesbian like i love taylor yeah. like if taylor died god forbid knock on wood like i would go back to dating men totally and you never really identified as a lesbian and i find that recently you were much more into that label yeah i'm gonna say something i probably shouldn't say but it's just like it's just it's easier yeah and like when i'm doing interviews or like when i'm on stage for literally 10 minutes that's Mm -hmm. all i have and like let's not forget too like i have to like lean like lean into like the stossiness of it all so i really only have like five minutes to Mm -hmm. introduce myself to the audience that doesn't know me and what do you say i just say i'm i i I do this whole whole bit about how like i try to be a gold digger but ended up digging for clams (laughs) 
That's really good. And then I'm all, fuck. Yeah. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> if you see a guy across the bar, you're like, that guy is so hot. He's so hot. He's so hot. You guys, honestly, he's so hot. He mm-hmm. must be gay. Like, he's too hot Always. to be straight. That's actually true. Hasn't anyone ever said that about a lesbian? Like, That's... that girl's so gorgeous. You know what? She must be lesbo. That's a great point. Oh so my God. unfair. You're pointing out the double standards. It's unfair. And gay men win. And it's not fair. Yeah, gay men win. Queer, Get... queer eye. Oh. where's there the lesbian cast that's a great point point. and then somebody said to me because i was pitching it like in a meeting and they were like well then what are the things that the lesbians do and i was like the same what is this what but what is it well and i was like we teach them how to play softball beauty it'd be beauty <laughs> groomers we teach you can them, have an anthony you teach them how to have a bowl cut you can have an alex gorn a shelly chef you know that's true a cook what's but like a lesbian could be like an interior designer totally of course i lesbians feel like can do anything a lesbian could be like a financer person financier yeah for sure <laughs> That wouldn't be my role. No, what, what, what would not. my role be? Uh, like a Karamo? I think you're much more of like a behind the scenes for this show. <laughs> not, not on air talent. I'm, that's just the vibe that I'm getting from my personal, you know. I mean, fine. I'll be EP. I don't care. Yeah, that's where the money's at. I just want to make the money, honey. <laughs> yeah, I that's all I want to do. Same bitch. But so being on tour with Stassi and like her merch is like so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And you're like, y'all's merch is so good. Thank you. And so I was like trying to, like they said to me, you can bring merch. And Great. so we, I just like totally dropped the ball. M- merch in general, but especially <sighs> on live tours is one of the hardest things to arrange like between shipping between logistics oh like the handling getting merch to and from a venue if it makes it there is a miracle beyond miracles it's it's a total nightmare mm-hmm. so i decided like fuck it i'm not going to do merch but like but now you have don't you have a bunch more shows we have 20 more shows yeah so do it there's uh, you're leaving money on the table girlfriend but then the thing is i was thinking because like i'm looking at hers like she's a like, hashtag ootd but mm-hmm. this is the thing it's backwards so in the mirror it's the correct way oh that's genius fucking genius 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 genius. and then she's got like her dracarys bitches and like all her stuff like but you have so many things like that but, hey girl hey but that's what i was realizing i was like oh i because right now it's just like my logo for the taylor Strucker show mm-hmm but I, like, I need to really like sit down and redo it. You have so it. many isms. You should really have a pod, uh, pop socket that says, hey, girl, hey. I, I totally, right? Mm-hmm. Like, am I insane? But then I was like, is hey, girl, hey really mine? A oh, thousand percent. Okay, thank you. I love yeah. you, bless. No, it's 100% credit. Where credit is due, it's yours. You should really trademark I'm it. I'm going to do something with Wasbin, too. We tried to trademark it. Can't trademark How it, girl, hey. How do you spell Wasbin? W-A-S-B-U-N-D. Hilarious. Was my husband. Genius. I'm sure he loves that. I'm sure. I actually, this is insane. What? I can't believe I'm telling you the story on the podcast. I would obviously tell to you off the podcast so Stassi and I went we went to Mylino after her show at Gramercy Theater. Mm-hmm. Basically, these three girls came up and they were like, oh my God, can we just say like, we support the show. We loved it, loved it, loved it. And Sasha was like, thank you. And then they were like, and you. And I'm like, oh God, what I do bad? And they were like, your husband stuff was fucking hysterical. Because I just do like a little time. I mean, it's, it's like. It's a part of who you are. It is. It is. Wait, and then also, you know, the connection about husband to my friend. I know. I, I, I didn't know if we could talk about that. We can't, but the world is so small. Like, I can't. It's so crazy. They're not like, I don't think they're seeing each other anymore. No, they're not seeing each other anymore. <laughs> but she told me at at Jackie's wedding mm-hmm. and that that's why I blame me getting so blackout drunk that I threw my Chanel on the ground. <laughs> Man, you were so fucking funny at Jackie's wedding. Honestly, Jackie's wedding was so fun and like that's like I always say anytime I talk about my wedding, I'm like my biggest regret is that I wasn't better friends with Taylor Strecker oh back then. Oh my God, I love you. There are so many people at my wedding that like I literally don't talk to them anymore. Which, which <laughs> Isn't I that hate, how it always is? Which I hate. That was like the one thing. I'm like, I don't want anyone at my wedding that I won't like look back at these pictures and be like, why were they there? And there are so many people like and what the my, literally my biggest regret is that you weren't at my wedding we had just oh, become friends you, i love you so the fact that you were at jackie's like makes up for but it. no but i really do like i think husband's a great guy like i always think of like who can i set up with husband like if that girl ended up getting together they actually would have been a perfect match i kind of like love it and she yeah. kind of looks like me actually that's a great call at least he has a type i know right meow Homegirl could still get it big boobies brown hair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice eyebrows <laughs> he likes a strong brow honestly it takes a, like a, a good man to appreciate a strong brow <laughs> but i always talk like fondly of him but so i ran into one of the ex-sister-in-laws so i run to her her husband we were chatting. He was throwing like subtle shade. Always. But I was giving it a little bit back to him and, he, and we were sparring and it was like we were both smiling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then at the end I was like, no, for real, I just like, I always adored you Good. and I said, please, like, best wishes to you and your, you know, wife and I said, and please tell husband, I said his real name, I'm okay, not a good. monster. Yeah. Um, please tell husband, I say hi, like, and that I love him Good. and I said, and as for the rest of the family, you can tell them they can go fuck themselves. Wow. <laughs> you have balls. It just, 
a monster came over me. You know what's so funny is like I think people assume that I'm like very confrontational and like aggressive just because I'm like loud and I'm an extrovert and like I'm kind of chubby. Like I just think like it gives off that vibe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I think that there's like a stereotype and people are always shocked to find out how non-confrontational I am. Like walk all over me. I just don't want to have a conversation about it. Like how will you handle it? So let's say somebody crosses the line with you, right? Like remember when people thought that we were in a fight, but I was actually fighting with Stephen McGee. Well, so then yeah. So this is <laughs> by the way, this is the exact type of person that I am. I thought you were mad at me, and instead of like being defensive, like what the fuck did I? I'm like Taylor. Are you mad at me? Like a two year old, like a child. Like, and I couldn't even comb my mind for things because we hadn't even spoken. Like, you and I, like, we don't keep in touch every day, but like, we're always good. Yes. And I was like, I'm combing my mind. I'm like, did I say something? Like, I'm like, I I literally don't have one bad thing to say about you. I don't even know what I could have said. Right. So instead of like being all aggressive, I'm like, what did I do? And then I was like, oh my God, here we go. It's like the game of telephone. Audiences love to pit, Mm -hmm. like, I'm hosts against one another. Hosts against one another. And actually, in it's serious in radio, it always worked because radio people are like weird, like, folk and people who work in radio are like old school media people that they're really competitive they have like the environment of like females embracing females and like supporting one another hasn't taken over traditional media i feel like podcasters and just like instagram and digital people are very much of the mindset like friend females can be friends and they can be technically i guess we would say we're competitors like yes we have similar audiences but i don't even think of like that way at all i mean either and i don't think places like Sirius have that mentality yet which is so sad well what was so crazy was my best friend was the reason i got my job at Sirius, and she's still on Sirius on hits one oh nicole. really yeah nicole ryan on that on hits one i'm at mashup nicole are you guys still cool we're so cool but i will say there was like moments and times where like people would try to get us against each other and we were in the exact same time slot but i was talk and she was music so yeah. it was different um but i actually i i decided to do my show not the only reason but one of the reasons i do the taylor strecker show from eight to ten is because i was trying to not um overlap with you guys actually i did know that and i want to say i really appreciate that because <laughs> <laughs> i figured i'd be like you're like unofficial opener and we're both live so like it, you can't watch both at the same time no and so then they get to go right over to you after Love that. after i'm that done is so kind so you're fucking welcome <laughs> yeah because i hate getting up at 6 30 i know it's but you know what worst. i remember one time i i've done your show a few times before i actually co-host the whole thing yes and it was the longest day of my life like i think it I was, was three hours at serious and you know what it was seven to ten i got there like with my hair done 6 30 i'm like where's taylor oh she doesn't get here till 6 59 like literally you <laughs> fucking tumbled in like a and you just sat down and started and it was honestly one of the most impressive things ever because like i can't imagine being on a platform as big as serious like you had millions of listeners i would be so nervous like i would just be like nervously like twiddling at the microphone for an hour you know before <laughs> it even started i know i mean you have to get to a point where it's like that's the one thing I like about morning like whatever it is TV radio is that you're so fucking tired there's no time to think because at nighttime when you're like doing a tour doing stand up yep. doing whatever you've got all day to toil and yep. all day to build the anxiety but and I also, can't so a benefit of that is like if I'm touring in a new city that I've never been to I get to spend all day there and then yes. you come up with material like I can't, That's true. I can't make I did I just did a show in Seattle and it was wedged between a show in Portland and Vancouver so I went straight from Portland the hotel drove to Seattle and I literally didn't see Seattle at all. I was in the venue for three hours and then drove straight to Vancouver. So I didn't get to like get to know the city at all and like make jokes that like people from Seattle would understand, uh-huh. which sucks because I feel like it really elevates the show. Like I spent a lot of time in Portland, like a day and a half before the actual show. And I knew so much about Portland. Oh my God. And then I just think it makes people feel like you put more effort in, you know? I do too. And it feels special to them and special to and the city. Like, it's, like not every show is the same. Yeah. Like Stassi tells a ghost story mm-hmm. in every single um, venue at, about that city. Oh wow. Oh, so she like looks it up before. I know and I'm like girl every single you've got to change this up every single time so the longest stretch we're going is five shows straight oh that's a lot I'm scared the majority is four okay what is the longest you've gone four. Oh my god girl like a week four shows it's you know what it is it's like something about tour is weird because before you embark on it it's daunting like you're I'm gonna be away from home I'm gonna miss out on everything what do you miss the most about being away from home my family like my dog and my husband honestly my dog your dog first (laughs) like he's literally the sunshine of my life um and before you go do it you look out on this experience and it's very daunting you're like i'm gonna miss out on everything i'm gonna be away from home it's a lot of like physically it's physically tough on your body to travel so much yes and then you do it so much and you get back and you're like home sucks take me back right like the idea of the tour my tour being over in january like it's scaring the shit out of me i could tell i was watching one of your posts recently or stories and you were like oh my god we're like how many left do you have 15 that's a ton it's not though like when i've done 80 
that's so crazy it's so crazy i'm always like computing my numbers like i'm always like how many shows have i done how many tickets have i sold how many cities like i'm always just like trying to compute what it is that i do because like it's so difficult for people to understand you know what i mean so what are you gonna do when it's over are you planning i'll tell you later oh really yes and so the rule is it's like you cannot go back to a city that you performed in like the rule for stand-up is 18 months so that's a whole year and a half like what the uh, i'm obviously like the toast keeps me here all the time of course and girl with no job keeps me very busy but now that i've taken on tour and like taken on so much i can't imagine working less than i'm currently working and i never thought i'd be the type of person to be like i love working i used to like literally sit at home and be like i never want to get a job yes um like when i was in college i was like actually just a piece of shit and (laughs) now i'm like that person like i literally love i love going on tour i love working like i literally just had a call with my team yesterday i'm like i'm not working enough and they said you're crazy yeah i'm like get me more work (laughs) and now i have now i have work to do this weekend you do yeah i have to go on a trip to um i'll tell you later is it a retreat i feel like a bunch of people i know are going on this retreat okay we'll talk later yeah okay oh my god what did i get invited i was gonna say are you going now no uh, maybe they maybe they just knew i was tired from the tour i don't don't know (laughs) (laughs) i feel left out i think that's it i think that's it is it with somebody that i work with I don't know. Okay, we'll talk, we'll talk later. We'll talk. We'll talk later. Um, I know. I know. I want all the jobs. Yeah, it's tough, and you know, it's hard not to get into your head, like just following other people on Instagram and being like, "Oh, I wonder." You can't help but like, I'm so self-centered. Like, I revert everything back to myself, and I'm really like inherently a jealous person, which is a, a terrible quality. But you know what? It's actually a good quality. It's terrible. Let me tell you though, real quick, if you can control it, because I'm the same I as can. you. Kate White, editor in chief of Cosmo magazine, like mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. I used to have a segment with her when she was when I was on Sirius for Cosmo and she said jealousy is a great tool because it shows you what is missing the voids in your life That's so if something true. makes you jealous then don't like it's jealousy is destructive when you want to destroy the people that you're jealous of and yeah. bring them down That's, That's true. bad. I don't want that I just always like see like I'm on Instagram or just like reading the news and like seeing people doing amazing things like I'm give like, me an example of the last thing you're jealous of. I can I'm too okay, embarrassed don't tell me the exact details no, it's but just general. like when you see someone gets a job or something that could have applied to you I, I'm very self-centered like I, I revert everything back to myself and it's something that I've just started realizing that I do and it's an awful quality and I don't and I want to get rid of it and I was saying on the toast today like um Jackie gave me Howard Stern's book and his book is a compilation of interviews but he talks a lot between every interview about how he's changed so much over the years through therapy Mm -hmm. and one of the things that he really needed to change the most was his jealousy and he was literally writing exactly how I was feeling he was like I used to see other people doing things and immediately think like why is that not me and like wanting the best for me and the worst for other people yeah and it's such a terrible way to live it is and when he said that I like was face-to-face confronted with like just this terrible quality that I have and it's something I'm really working on but I don't know how to not just be jealous like it's terrible are you in therapy have you been in therapy never not one day you want to know why therapy's life I know people tell me that all the time and I'm definitely open to it it's definitely been like a bandwidth thing like I just don't have time yes but well now you can do like with a skype time that's true I'm telling you it is the way to go I just feel like I look we've been sitting here for five minutes and I'm already opening up like I don't have a problem opening up I will literally talk to anyone about and you're anything self-aware. and i'm very self-aware so it's like if i ever really wanted to talk through something like i would literally call you like yeah so i i, I totally understand be- the benefits of therapy and i'm definitely it's definitely something I'm, I'm open to it's just something i haven't like gotten to do yet i but this is something i probably should work through well, this is definitely a good reason there's always a good reason to go in therapy right like i recently raged somebody who's a literal stranger to me who i can't go into the details because the person the person who is close to me who was associated with this person i raged is not thrilled with me right now and if i talk about the details he will kill me you are so shady i love that like i love you i'm a fucking savage because you know what you do you're like i'm not going to say anything but then you speak very specifically but like in general terms that like the person who's listening totally knows who you're talking about you know i perfected the skill at serious when i was talking <laughs> about my in-laws because mm. I had to learn how to because they would listen yeah and they would call me out and I was like didn't say your name didn't say your name right and if I, I'm not guilty away, detail, yep, I'm, all, I'm all good yep but no I'm real I'm really savage what I realize is I'm full of rage and what rage is I learned this from the Sopranos watching um <laughs> And Tony they say you can't learn anything from TV. And Jen's. I learned everything from television and, and basically fictional television. Um, there's fact checkers and stuff for that kind of yeah. thing. But Janice had to pressure. Well, she was rageful. She would beat people up at like soccer games and stuff. And then she had to go to like Ragers Anonymous. Yeah. And they were talking like, well, you know, wh- so why am I sitting here? Why, are, why, why isn't there like a, a self-help group for rude people? Yeah. And I'm like, I feel that. But rage is depression turned outward. That's what rage is. Oh. 
So maybe there's this like jealousy component thing in Majigger there too. Yeah, where it's like a we like, like it's a vulnerability actually. And you know what it is? It's like really hard to not get so into yourself when you're in this business. I know. And it's something I'm so conscious of because like I follow like I I am my target consumer. Like I love yes. pop culture. I love following people on Instagram. I listen to podcasts. And I can always tell when like someone's like becoming annoying and like egotistical. And there's a difference between confident and egotistical. Yes. And so I hate that as a consumer. Yes. So as someone who's putting out content, I never want to be that. So I'm like, I'm almost too self-aware. I have to say this when I was like, so some, the only thing I probably really get jealous of is other people's Instagrams because I literally suck at it so bad. I like need, I need a coach. I need You've a teacher. You've been saying that for as long as I've known you. Girl, I don't know what to do. It's Maybe like, it's, it's, it's literally my blind spot and like my social numbers. Would I, you ever just hire someone to do it I'm, for I'm you? getting there. Good. I'm getting there because I'm so bad. Yeah, and it's important. And I know, and I know, I, I don't know what, what, you tell me what it is. Be honest. Okay. Be honest. I'm not going to lie. Your social's not great. It's terrible. Because you want to know why and I'm going to call you out big time right it, now. Am I just inconsistent? No. Yes. And there's I change my voice, Taylor. Here, my girlfriend no, no. said I changed my voice. You're supposed to have a different voice. It's fine. <gasps> She's ruining me. As a, like as a consumer, I'm giving you honest feedback because okay. I love I love you. Okay, I'm closing my eyes. And you know what? It's like there are people that I follow, especially from the Bachelor franchise, who only come on their socials to promote something. Ugh. And I find that so annoying. And I wish Maybe. you were more consistent with your stories because I think stories are more, I don't care about your Instagram feed. I care more about stories. And you're so personal and funny. And like your podcast is is that. That's why people love you. And I wish that that translated to your Instagram more instead of like, you know, girl, make that coin. Everybody knows you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But for every three, you know, Instagram ads, there needs to be 10 organic posts yes exactly i'm trying i did a whole thing about like and it's your job like you should look at it from that perspective like if i it's like it's like when you wake up and go to work and you don't do anything you would be like i should be doing something and that's how i feel it's like if i haven't posted a story in a couple hours i'm like i'm not working hey guys it's time to talk about one of our sponsors better help i am a huge fan of better help because i'm a huge fan of therapy and never having to leave my apartment those are my two favorite things so basically better help is online counseling it's going to connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment you can get help on your own time at your own pace you can schedule secure video or phone sessions whatever you want and you can also um, do chatting and texting with your therapist as well so it's like literally whatever works for you and BetterHelp has legit licensed professional counselors they're specialized in everything depression stress anxiety relationships sleeping trauma anger family issues self-esteem grief you need it they've got it and like regular therapy anything you share is fully confidential and if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason you can request a new one anytime and there's no additional charge. BetterHelp has 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. It's also available worldwide. And like I said, you can talk however you want. You can text, you can chat, you can phone, you can video, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's available on desktop, mobile, web, Android, and iOS apps. And it's affordable, something that a lot of times therapy just, well, isn't. Financial aid is even available for those who qualify. And Taste of Taylor listeners actually get 10% off your first month with discount code TOT. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash TOT. Simply fill out your questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you're going to love. And again, if you don't, you can just switch a counselor, no additional charge. That's betterhelp.com slash TOT. And now back to the podcast. If I ever got to do like my own tour and like get to like build like my own like actual like hour long special like you have well you've done some of that right? I've I, the most I've done on stage alone is like a 30 minutes to 40 minutes that's long but it was very off the cuff and not structured whatsoever mm-hmm. and I would never do that again especially given like I worked with like a comedy coach to get mm-hmm. ready for this like even just opening for Stassi. her name is Jessie Jollis and I'm obsessed with her I worked with a comedy coach too when I first started and it was like some of the funnest times of my life isn't it the best it's, and you know it's really eye-opening how comedy is like an art form it really is and people don't give it enough respect honestly they really don't and this woman was like so accomplished and so and like old school and like knew everyone and it was really just like impressive to be in her presence that's how i feel about jesse yeah jesse works at betches she does like a bunch of videos for them she's fucking awesome that's awesome at jesse jaws follow her on, on instagram um but yeah so so that's why i say lesbian now because it's just it's fucking easier i understand but i really if someone was to do like an in-depth gay interview with me it would be <laughs> like no like i'm like i guess i'm like one of those like lame terms i'm like i'm fluid okay or like i'm pansexual <laughs> 
Sorry to call it lame. I am one. You can't get mad. Wait, that's actually, I never thought of it that way, but that's a really good point as to like how you would technically identify. Yeah. But you're just not, like a lot of people, especially in this culture, are very into labeling because they felt like they've been without a label for so long. And I have to say, so I was interviewed by Women's Health Magazine mm-hmm. and they did this whole thing and I coined the term, which is the gayest term you've ever heard in your Put life. it on your merch. Get prepared. Oh, I should. Labelless love. <laughs> but I said that's like where I feel comfortable because I'm just I don't want a label but I respect those who do because a lot of people fought very hard for labels and they and didn't they have one them. for so long like and they didn't feel like they fell under any particular category so I totally get that I totally get it and if you want a label go get it queen but yeah. I happen to be somebody who doesn't really want one like I look for I was talking about this with Darren Carp uh, mm-hmm. Andy Cohen's assistant I love her isn't she the best literally the nicest coolest funniest prettiest most amazing girl in the world okay well now I'm jealous no Sec- <laughs> second to you obviously I just love her she's one of those people like you you are in her presence and you're like holy shit like this is a, a person you know oh yeah right I really like her she's quality peeps yeah and she's like a nice girl and smart and hardworking, and her hair is so cool her hair so pretty and you know it's so funny when I met her there was a girl that like I needed to set her up with like they gave me such similar vibes they actually looked alike and it was I'm telling you like to this day and I know Darren's in a very happy relationship and I would never ever 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 like want to impede on that I'm obsessed with her girlfriend Carson such a nice girl Uh, but I did find her match (laughs) I was just I, I had drinks with this girl and I was she was just telling me and I didn't ask her even know or care if she was gay or straight and she was just talking about how she was dating this girl and I'm like oh my god wait I literally know the perfect person for you and I never got to set them up I went to a uh, world pride with Darren and we were both talking about it after the fact here on the podcast and we were like listen we we're not like pride people like mm-hmm. like like in terms of like like woo let's win yeah. rainbow that's but so we funny did. like I'm straight and I'm a pride person no straight people are way more gay than gay people that's so, especially <laughs> during pride week in New York it. the Halloween with rainbows so true well, like every housewife that was there was like so rainbowed out right, and like, like the straightest people ever like being literally like Goldilocks at the rainbow <laughs> you know? that's so was funny next level I'm sure speaking of gay uh, straight people being gay her and Sonia made out the entire time I saw that on Instagram it was beautiful so <laughs> girl you know what's so funny is like speaking of kind of double standards when it comes to lesbians and gays like yeah. two girls making out like you would never even think otherwise like nope. that's just normal but if two guys make out you're like oh they're gay yeah i actually had an ex-boyfriend in college and the rumor was that he made out with one of our other guy friends when they were wasted and that like never left me and i was always <laughs> so worried that he was like heavily bi mm-hmm. or maybe gay mm-hmm. and then some surprise you're the gay one <laughs> But Darren was like, I look forward to a time when we don't need pride parades right. because it's just so normal. That's how I feel about like International Women's Day. Yes. Like the intent is there and and I, I'm, I'm here for it and I support it. But at the same time, celebrating it just like gives me a pit. Like, why do we need this? They don't have International Men's Day. No. So but, that's but, And you know what? For a while, I was kind of like ignorant in the sense that I didn't understand things like that. And then someone once explained to me and it really put into perspective how like the the power imbalance was so strong for so long, like when it came to men and women. Yeah. And in order for the power balance to ever actually be equal, it needs to weigh in women's favor for a while because it weighed in men's favor for so long. Totally. So it's like a pendulum and honestly that analogy really like stuck with me and I understood it a lot more. Yeah. You know? I, I totally agree with that. So that first I'm like, this isn't equal if we're better. But no, we need to be better in order for us to be equal. So that's the gay thing. And I'm also, if I'm going to be totally honest about it, I think I'm really milking the gay thing. I mean, fuck it. Like, I'm, a, you know, I'm a part of a, like a minority group now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and everybody needs to hit their quota mm-hmm. and uh, diversify the portfolio. Okay. So I'll be your, I will be your token lesbian. This might be a controversial question, but do you feel like you get more work? Definitely. Really? I won't even hesitate that's so interesting absolutely good for you girl i know right get that milk coin. that shit okay but for real back to my instagram <laughs> yeah yeah you need to work on it um, how do i get better though but this is the thing i, I don't think it's, it's not fair because i think that it's like if you're talking to a fucking athlete and like a like a professional athlete and they were like just be better just go to the gym or just do better i feel like you are i've said this before on this podcast to other people you and your sisters are literally gifted at social media it's, it's definitely it's a skill one in which you can learn and you learn by doing and I don't feel like you do a lot unless you're promoting something you know right and 
in order to create a community that's like engaged and really appreciates your content, it has to be a, a big balance. For a long time, I didn't do it because I was, um, I felt like if I looked unattractive, then like I would like get talked about but behind my back. But that's what draws people in. Like I think my stories where I look heinous and I'm being way more real yes. are well more received than like me with my hair and makeup. Like nobody gives a shit. Okay. Okay. So that's good. But I did start to get over myself. So that, that, that was huge. If, Plus, if you, and filters if you leave, were if, a really helpful If you addition. leave today with any advice, it's don't waste so much time on your Instagram feed. I would invest way more. Like I want a minimum of 10 or 15 stories from you a day. Okay. 10 to 15 stories. And like, bitch, you talk so much. You always have something to fucking talk about. You do a show five days a week. You do a podcast once a week. Like you have stuff to say. How about this? Does it always have to be funny? No. It just is. Sometimes it could be like cute. Sometimes it could be funny. Sometimes it could be sad. I cry in my Instagram stories all the time. I love when you cry in your Instagram stories. Because you want to know why? Like I'm always crying and I'm always Instagram story. So <laughs> what did you post yesterday? What? That was so fucking genius about crying is the equivalent of working out. Well, so there's like a study that says if you cry from seven to ten PM, it's literally like working out. And I guess I understand like why now I need to start working out. <laughs> Consider me a health influencer. Okay, so but like when you started this whole thing, mm-hmm. did you like did you really did like, did you, I asked this question to Stassi. I was like, can you believe you're here? And she was like, yes, I manifested this. Right. What's your answer to that? Um, I did not manifest it. It really happened over time. Like when I started just being a digital, whatever. What was the intention initially? A hobby. Like I was in college. Okay. So I was working in college and I was just sharing online things that were happening in, in my life as a working college student. And then by the time I graduated, it had evolved so much into a business. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I graduate and don't get a job and work on this full time, like, could it be my job? Okay, and at so that and, point, and it wasn't a job. You? Where were you at that point, like number wise? Um, when I graduated, I was like about a million followers. Oh my, God. my 21st birthday is the day I went to the Taylor Swift concert and got a million followers. I woke up and it was like the best day of my life. Wait, when, when did you start to be like, oh my God, this is like a thing. Like this is like the first growing. time I ever got paid. Okay. The first time I got paid from Burger King. I got paid a thousand dollars and I was like, I'm going to get myself a bag. And then I realized like a thousand dollars is not enough to get you a bag. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just like saved it. And then I was just like, damn, like, I wonder if this could be like a real business. And I started doing the same shit. And then like every now and then taking on like a sponsorship or working with a brand until it started to become like more of a structured, real job. And by the time I met you, it was like a thing thing. Yeah. I think by the time I met you, I'd been working on it full time out of college for a year. And I was still so confused. I was like, how does this happen? How do you get here? Yep. How about this? Can you pinpoint the moment, the the picture, the whatever? Because there wasn't story then. Can you pinpoint what the thing was that like made you go viral? Oh, that's a good fucking question. I can't. But like one one in recent memory, like every now and then you post something that that picks up and gets traction. And my friend who actually um, we were just talking about who dated Wesband, she was out at a restaurant. She was at uh, Via Caroto downtown. By the way, I love her. Me too. She's literally the best girl ever. I grabbed her boob at your at at your um, at uh, your party album release party, your song release party. And she I've been like having like in my Harvey Weinstein (laughs) ever. <laughs> because I think I'm a straight girl in my head. I know, but and, no, but she's, I'm a lesbian. She, she's cool. Ish. Don't worry. Okay, good. Um, ish. <laughs> I'm pan, whatever. Um, and she was out to a restaurant and she saw Courtney Cox sitting at the bar. Okay. And then Tom Selleck walked in and they were on Friends. You watch Friends. She, yes. He was Richard. She was Monica. I forgot. Yes. And she videoed them saying hi to each other. And I put, she was like, take it. She's not going to do anything with it. And I made it a meme, put it on my Instagram story, and it got, I mean, Instagram feed, and it got picked up. Everywhere it was the most press I've ever gotten. Most oh, good press I've ever gotten. My God, yeah. most good press you've ever gotten. Yeah, asterisk. How much is press like a part of your day to day life now? Um, it comes and goes. You know, like I there's been a lot. Yeah, for for a while, um, I won't hear anything. You know, because I find that the press only talks about you when it's negative. Yep. So I could be doing great things, no one cares. Um, and when when you fuck up or do something bad or something controversial is when they come knocking at your door, and those are like the worst days of my life. I have terrible anxiety. I was very proud of you for the Cuba Gooding Jr. stuff. Oh my God, that that was How so was that? crazy. Was it hard? You know what? I I've been sharing that story forever. It's like one. You know, everyone has like things about them. Like yeah. that's that's just one of my thing. Like I was in a club when I was a teenager, and he put his fucking finger on my butt, and it was so it was so crazy. And I've been talking about it forever. Like me and my high school friends. It's like one of the things we always talk about because it was so wild. Wild. And you know, like the the Times Up movement has like changed how I talk about it because it was just honestly I didn't think of it as something I didn't think of it as like assault I just thought of it as like fucking weirdo like right you know but so then I guess when when that girl actually charged him and all that footage came out 
people started digging into what I had said about it because right. and, I, and I've never lied about it. I've always told the truth. I, it's I, consistent. It's consistent. I talk about it in my standup just because it's so fucking crazy. And that blew up so much. And actually, I, I found that the way that the press talked about me was less derogatory than usual. But obviously, like Twitter is an awful evil place and people were just nasty to I, you oh my god to the victim i'm lying i'm using i'm extorting him for money i liked it like crazy wow yeah now was that because like the thing is with you so like when stories are written about you i like get excited because i'm like i know her yeah i but don't then, get excited. but then i have this moment where i'm like oh wait i don't think this is, a, this is i don't think that she's excited about you want to know what even when it's good press or whatever I always, whenever I see my my name in a headline, I immediately get transported back to like the first time it was ever in a headline, which was yes. overwhelmingly negative. And it's like a triggering thing for me. Like I actually don't like press. Like I joke, like I want to be like thirsty, like on the cover of a magazine, but it's, I find it very triggering for me. Um, So all press is good press. Not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think back to like the great cancellation of 2018, yes. I think it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. Like as Absolutely. a person, I grew so much. Like, I had to grow up really fucking fast. I learned a lot about like my own ignorance and like living in my own bubble. And for that, I'm really grateful. And also my business benefited because I got to own my content. Like for, for a lot of reasons, it was a good thing that happened to me. Yes. But obviously people, there are a lot of people out there who like in their souls genuinely think that I'm like this terrible racist person. And like, that is a huge downside and one that I just like have to live with. I know. And it's, one I don't want to live with. It's, I, I you know, I, 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 I sometimes think, has it always been like this? Have people always been so like no. black or white, left or right? And I mean, politically, it's that way right now, the world we live in. I can't even talk. I won't even talk about politics because it just, it makes me so crazy. Sad. But like this cancel culture is like it's such terrible. a real thing. And like, I'm like, has have has this been inside of everyone for so long? Or is it magnified because everybody now has a voice thanks to social media? It's definitely the latter that everyone has a magnified voice. Um, I think it's also just like the zeitgeist of the culture is like people now feel like if anything you say inter- is interpreted as something that offends them like they feel like it's their right to say it and and I've definitely said things I'm not proud of and that I don't stand by and it's really on my followers who like call me out and they're like when you if you explain something to me if you just come for me and be like you're dumb like that is not helpful constructive no. criticism I've never claimed to be a perfect person and not everything I say is correct so if you're gonna send me a message and be like actually this kind of hurt my feelings because if you think about it xxx and I'm like holy shit like thank you for opening my eyes I'm yes. actually really open to like growing and I find that it's hard for people to have civil discourse and that is so upsetting because so um it's so upsetting i I, I think it has a lot to do with like our political climate i think i think that has a lot to do with the two and people being just unwilling to communicate you know i think it's more about like and if you're listening and you're one of the people that like wants to call people out or put us in our place think about it as a teachable moment like help us be better like don't just say do better like literally help us be better because we want to evolve and i I'm so grateful for like I have like a, a lot of followers who like I DM with on a regular basis and like they're not afraid to call me out yep. and there's a difference between being constructively critical and yep. just being mean I agree and totally people love to like say mean things to me about how I'm like dumb or whatever and then they're like you can't take constructive criticism like calling me dumb is not constructive, not criticism. constructive. yeah like I'm very open to criticism in a nice way um because I've never claimed to be perfect and I know that I have a limited life experience and a very specific one and I've never claimed that everything I say is always right and if I if I fuck up I'm always the person to own that shit and like i'm not too ashamed to apologize i've had to do it many times and i probably will continue to always do it yeah i'm I, i'm always here for a good apology but it yeah. has to be sincere that's what I, I know it sounds so stupid but I, that's what i really learned from the real housewives franchise is like these ladies they really hurt like hurt one another and none of them are ever able to apologize that's why when the there's a housewife who comes on and like listens to how, how they hurt someone and just says sorry it's like so unique but there's so much value in that well like even like i love dorinda so fucking much but like when she's, they were calling out dorinda for the for the fucking um giovanni mm-hmm. and she literally was like i don't even know what you're talking about i'm like girl did you for real not watch it like how could she not say how can you not own it like it, it actually like i I don't understand people that think that apologizing is weak because it's like it takes a very strong person to say like I did something wrong I own it and like now I'm gonna make it better a thousand percent like I, I don't get people that are like like apology is losing no, no. like not being able to apologize no, is losing not, not being able to grow and like understand that you don't know everything that's losing you have grown so much since I, I met you I actually feel like a totally different person it's so crazy so I met you how many years ago like now three or four three or four years ago yeah, yeah. you're like an adult woman yeah and it's that's like it's a huge privilege to like grow up in in somewhat of a public stage yes um but there's a lot of things that aren't great about it and like you have to learn hard lessons very publicly 
very publicly and i did and honestly i feel like it's a lesson that a lot of people need to learn so i'm happy to do it in a public way but it takes its toll on you you know i know aside from jealousy where where else do you want to improve in life um i want to improve my work-life balance i know that's such a lame answer no it's a great one actually but i find that like i give everything to every podcast to every show to every meeting and then I get home and I have nothing left to give Ben nothing left to give Theo nothing left to give myself and like that sucks because the people who like deserve my attention don't have it because I'm so fucking tired exactly but also I want to work more right well that's what so what's it gonna be I don't know and then it's like when you think of and now I'm in the stage of my life like thinking planning for a future like well, I don't what even, about kids right and it's like I feel so selfish for like wanting to postpone that because like there's so much I want to do you're so young and I, I feel, feel like, like we've been conditioned to think that you can't do it all you can't no that, I know that's my perspective no it's like I, I have well, so much time. respect do you watch a show working moms I don't please it's first of all the best show on television. Second Who, of all, who's in it? It's a Canadian show that is now like a Netflix exclusive. Oh, and it's no one you know. It's like really, it's so good, and it really shows a lot about like how many sacrifices you have to make when you want to have a career, you want to be a mom, you want to have a family, you want to be a wife, but you also want time for yourself. Like it's, I think it's the most real show on television. How do you know you want to have kids? Because I really struggle with this, and I'm way older than you. So I think this is not a good like l- test, but like if you go, if you're in an elevator and there's a child and like you just want to like eat his face, you're ready to have children. 50-50. I literally, I don't care what the kid has on his face. Like, I'm in an elevator. Like, you know I'm taking that kid home with me. <laughs> For real? Like, and if that's, since I was, like, literally 15, it's so weird. Like, I've always been very maternal. Like, if I'm on the street and I see a baby, like, I will stop. Who's the most maternal out of all of you girls? Olivia. Olivia? Because she's the oldest. She's always been, like, a mom to us. She, like, when we went to camp, like, she was in charge. She was always in charge. And she has a very maternal spirit. And she's actually really good at it. She's very calm. And she's so smart. So she's going to be such a good mom. What's your... I was just thinking, when you said camp, I was thinking about your camp that yeah. you guys do every single year. I had a friend reach out and she was like, do you want to go to camp with me? And I was like, I... No. Like... I'm gonna ha- I'll hang out with them on my own. I don't want to <laughs> buy a ticket and go. Well, I think I could arrange. I think I know someone who could get you a free ticket. <laughs> I and I think everyone would love you. It's so fun, Taylor. Like, what, wait, what do you do? Tell me everything. So it's half like real camp, like fun activities, like arts and crafts. You know, going to the lake, jet skiing, uh, zip lining, ropes chorus, rock wall. It's like half like real camp that like you don't appreciate when you're a kid. When you're a kid, you're like, I don't want to climb the rock wall. Now it's like, when the fuck do you ever get to climb a rock wall? I don't think I can physically climb a rock well, wall. Well, I, I didn't do it. I stuck on the zip line, but. The other half is like things that you liked at camp but are now more fun because you're drinking. Right. Oh, oh, yes. So it's like there, we do like a karaoke or, or like a talent show, which is like fun at, at camp. But like when you're an adult and like you're drinking White Claw and like there's someone singing in front of you, like it's so elevated. Oh my God. It's so genius. Everything you guys do, I feel like like a lot of like people in the influencer world, the, the podcast community, everything, like they do these ideas, but like you guys do those ideas and you do like a punch up. You know what it is? How? It's like, there's like trends in podcasts and in digital, like people are all doing the same thing. And it's like one person launches a podcast live tour. Everyone's launching a podcast live yes. tour and there's so much money and value in that. So I totally get why people do it, but I never want to be doing what everyone's doing now. You know? So how do you know? Like, does it just come to you with ease? Be the, honest. The camp idea yes. literally came to us during a show. We were talking about a camp, like how we miss it so much. We're such camp people. We went to camp our whole lives. And we were just like saying how it sucks. Like you can't go to camp as an adult. And we're like, right. why not? Let's do it. And we literally planned that first one in a month. And 80 people came. And it was like such a mess, but like in the best way possible that... They were sharing so much on social media that the people who didn't go were like, holy shit, I'm going next year. So we went from 80 people to 300 people. Jesus Christ. And I don't even know how many we're going to have this year, but I think we're probably going to have to cap it. Okay, so you guys were inspired by what's it called? Morning Glory? Was that the name of the movie? Yes. How do you know that? Because you guys have told me before. Have you watched that movie? I have yet to. Okay, so it's on Delta because I just recently rewatched it. I'll watch it when I, fl- when I fly to Nashville in a couple weeks. It is the most underrated movie. It's one of those movies that like had, there's no reason why it shouldn't be so popular. Rachel, Rachel McAdams, McAdams, Harrison Ford. Shut up. Diane Keaton. No, she's yeah, my favorite. Me too. So there's no reason why it shouldn't be so popular. And the premise is so interesting. It's like she works in daytime television and they're like the losery daytime television, like GMA and Today Show. They get everything. And she's really trying to make this train go. And they get Harrison Ford because he's on contract with the network. They get him to do the today, the, the morning show, but he refuses to do like kitschy, dumb morning show stuff. Right. Like he wants to talk hard news about what's going on in Iraq. And it's just such a good movie. And it teaches you a lot about like weirdly, like the the landscape of daytime television. Yes. It's so good. So that, that movie is literally how the tone was birthed yeah and so we, me and Jackie always used to joke like be the morning to you show you wish to see in the world and then we came up with a name for our morning show and then we were like okay now we have to do it and we got an opportunity to do it with Verizon yeah and it was like the start of everything and it was like 
literally the i think of all the decisions i've made in my career it was the best one. Oh my god so so you have the the morning show mm-hmm. was the breath is the toast yep much better name. okay now you have and, and then you have the offshoots of that so and the toast is also not just a digital show but it is also a podcast it's a digital daily show daily podcast. podcast daily live show and it's really like more than anything it's a community totally like you are a toaster if you listen to the podcast but you're a toaster just because like you're our type of people i'm a fucking toaster big time big time um and then of course you have camp so that's like a fun yeah. offshoot and then on top of that now you have your tour which yes. i know is, is winding down but like obviously if, if it's not exactly that again in however many months mm-hmm. it's going to be something else no i'm going to do another i'm going to do this again but you've i've also learned got so much your instagrams yep. alone are a full-time job yeah you've got girl with no job yeah you've got claude with no job claude with, with no, no job. job you've got pop with no pop with no I forget, yes i forgot about that then you also the morning toast mm-hmm. instagram and then all the subs of that yep okay so you have a lot of fucking jobs is there anything that i'm missing when are you writing a book i don't know <laughs> the eyes the eyes i mean it's like it's like what so what's your favorite job out of all those jobs oh my god that's so tough i mean the narcissist in me says tour because being on stage and having people clapping and standing like there is no feeling comparable like rock star and the tour the toasters are such good audience members that like they they're so supportive that i've never felt like nervous to go out and be like they're gonna hate me you know what i mean like i'm nervous to go out because i want to perform my best but i'm never nervous that the audience isn't with me because they're so supportive your audience is amazing amazing. i have the honor of having overlap with your audience and they are the fucking best and you know they're so funny they're, like they'll dm me stuff and like yes. i'll literally make jokes with them like they're just so smart um do you get nervous before going out on stage every single show um i used to get like actual like handshaking tremoring like nervous just like stage fright like in front of the people now the if it's 20 people 200 people or a thousand people i don't care i'm always concerned with my performance now now i'm like so hard on myself like i'm really just like shaping the show as like a real comedy tour and like i want to be taken seriously and like i that's where my focus is but do you jokes, get nervous um not it's not nervous is it like a pit it's like a pit. right before stage it's a pit how long before hours the the morning of 20 what? minutes 20 minutes because you know we have sound check me and margo lay around we watch tv we eat and then i put my costume on and that's when shit hits the fan yep and you start to panic yeah and like i get sweaty underarms and under boob sweat <laughs> i have a fan on stage like on my rider it's like one fan oh, on stage mm-hmm. <laughs> they make like stage fans that actually look like monitors so people just think it's a speaker shut up but i'm so motherfucking hot <laughs> that that fan better be up my coochie or i'm not going out <laughs> what is like the dream scenario dream job that you're that you can add to this resume well so the i I actually recently started writing down my goals actually i'm gonna get my phone i want to show you oh my god i'm Um, dying for this because i feel like it's really important to know when you're being successful like you're hitting your goals it's vision board it's like a vision board and i never really knew that like there were things that were important to me until i started writing them down what's happening to me is the more successful i get the more of a failure i feel like i don't know what that is that's just i think like narcissism i have that too i think it's also imposter syndrome that's yes. like they they say most successful people have imposter syndrome where you feel like you don't like you don't deserve it and when when's the like when's the jig gonna be up very true i always feel like everything that i have is so undeserving and it's gonna be pulled out from underneath me any second imposter syndrome um so on my vision board of goals was a show at the Beacon Theater, which I thought was going to be like a five-year goal, but we're doing it in January. Oh my God, girl. And so now it's Radio City. Just... So hopefully the next tour will be Radio City. Um, I really want to be on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Fuck yes. And they don't really do digital and he's very old school and I probably will never get on it, but it's important to me just to have that written down. Um, and then some sort of special. Like a, like a HBO Netflix comedy special. Amazon, yeah. That's happening. I'm not even, it's like not even a question. That's like what, that's I knew why it. I take myself so seriously. Like, I knew it the second I saw you on stage in Boston. I was wasted out of my mind. I had a bajillion martinis before I came. Um, but I was like, my brother is unaffected by everything, okay? Mm-hmm. He leaned over to me and went like this. That's your friend. Oh my God. Isn't that the cutest? That's so nice. And that's why I take myself so like for in every other aspect, like my podcast, like everything's light, everything's fun. Like I don't take anything too seriously and I do not take myself too seriously. But when it comes to comedy, because I'm so new to it and I think there's like a lot of stereotypes, like comedy's so old school. I don't think they like love people from digital that You know what though? They gotta get the fuck over it. Times are changing. They are, and that's why I'm so hard on myself when it comes to the shows. Like I'm fun, I'm cool, but like showtime, don't fucking talk to me. Like I'm a nightmare. 
<laughs> are you at? I'll throw a shoe at you. <laughs> I actually did get to see you after the show. Oh, after the show, I'm a delight. You are, but you were just exhausted. You know, I've never seen you tired because you're such a rager. Well, I did two back-to-back shows in. in I don't Boston. know. I don't. I, I I don't know how you do that. I don't do that anymore because That's, I find that it was affecting the the quality of the performance, and I want to be able to give every show my all, not fifty percent. It's not fair. It's, it's not fair. But from a financial perspective, you get charged. You have to pay expenses for every show you do. So if you're doing two shows in one night, you pay one night of expenses. But if you're doing two shows over two <sighs> nights you're doing two nights of expenses and so, you're making less money so it's a real like financially speaking it's really yeah. smart so like you can do two shows in one night and make ten dollars or you can make two shows in two nights and make six dollars damn yeah but sometimes it's worth taking less money that's also what i've learned especially in comedy yeah sometimes it's worth taking the worst deal for either your sanity or like like so with my show in new york doing it at the beacon I'm making way less money than if I did like two or three shows at like PlayStation Theater, Town Hall. But to me, it was important to have like the respect and the prestige of the beacon, like Jerry Seinfeld plays there. So I would have done it for free, actually, like for real. I think that's a good barometer. Like if you would do it for free, Mm -hmm. then you should absolutely do it. I totally agree. I totally said I would do, I I, I told my agents, because Stassi and I have the same agents, I said, I will do the tour for free. Of course. Oh my God. I mean, you can't even pay for exposure like that. Oh my God. And they were like, absolutely not. And she was like, absolutely not. And I was like, okay. That's nice. Okay. And now she's like, bitch, you're making more money on my tour than I am because her well, tour's yeah. expensive she got a set right. and everything so when you think of tour like you now now that I have been on tour I always analyze other people's tour being like hmm I wonder like the expenses of getting not only the travel but like getting the merch there like there's so many things to think of like by the time you get that check it's not even close to, and after all you know your agency commission you're forget it there's no money left do you think people think you made way more off your tour than you actually did. Um, well, I've do, been doing some calculations in my so mind. <laughs> I do a really good job of putting forth like a thirsty image on Instagram. Like if you just follow me on Instagram, you watch my tour, like every show is sold out. Like I'm playing the biggest venues in America because that's like the, the lie I have to put forth. But um, I think people actually think the tour is more successful than it is. <laughs> <laughs> what was the best gift you bought yourself for doing the tour? Um, that is a great fucking question. I will show you. It's in my closet. You can't tell It's me. a bag. No, I'll show you. It's a bag. What kind of bag? Gucci. <laughs> she barely, barely enun- like enunciated it. Gucci. Yeah, no. I'm... Gucci's mean, by the way. Why? I went to oh, Gucci I the other day. They're just rude. Yeah. At least the one in like the downtown, they were not like Brookfield. the most. Brookfield Place. They were I just fi- like. I find that mall to be very snooty. It feels so nasty. It's so like white and marbly. Like, no. I was wearing red dress and everything. Red dress is wow. the shit. Red dress is the shit. Jesus. I'm I mean, sorry I was that happened to you. I thank you. I wasn't going to buy anything. But you did. <laughs> but I didn't. Do you find it hard the more successful you get to allocate your finances? Like, I find that when people, <sighs> like when, you're, when your income is so fluctuating as it is in our industry. Yes. When it rains, it pours, and then you spend it all. Here's the thing is that, I mean, I was so rich when I was married to husband. I mean, listen, let's get real. His family's not that rich in, in New York City standards, but they're not not rich. Yeah, no, in, in America standards, it's... Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah. We, we PJ'd places and stuff. Ooh, that's rich. That's a New York rich. Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't his. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Literally, I don't care if it's like your cousin's brother's uncle's mom's. Like, it's it's rich. But I was always pretty, like, conservative with money. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't want to, like, even if though I could shop at, like, Saks and, like, and Bergdorf's all the time, I, like, didn't like it. I preferred Zara. Uh, bitch, I don't care, like, how rich, how skinny I am. I am fucking shopping at Zara. I'm shopping at a top shop. Like, I am I am a department store bitch. Like, H&M is my jam. Um, ASOS is the best store on planet Earth. Ever. I Ever. love it. So, um, but, yeah, I definitely... I like learn to be frugal and so I'm like and I also now that I'm lesbian I think I'm like the poorest bitch in the world yeah and I'm I'm convinced we're like gonna be living in a cardboard box so you think you spend more you spent more money as a straight woman or as a gay woman a thousand percent as a straight woman really Um, a thousand percent I'm like because my parents like my parents are so great now about me and Tay but their number one thing is they're like how will you survive financially in this world right and so I can't like right, because it. women only make 77 cents on the dollar. So if you're, mar- if you're married to a man, at least he's making the full dollar. You got it. You got it. <laughs> That's honey. actually a great point. Yeah. It's really scary not having a male income. Yeah. Because you got it. The, the pay disparity is works in their favor. Again, why gay men have it made? I don't want to hear it, gay guys. Oh, that's true. Yeah. They're automatically power couples. You and I are going to record an episode for our Patreon account. And I have a lot of questions for you about the whole um, LGBT. Did you watch the Dave Chappelle special? 
I did. Okay, I, I, I didn't about it. fully finish it, but I got to like I'm I'm in the car. Oh, okay. I'm with the L's and the B's and the G's. Yeah, and the, yeah okay. 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 I want to talk to you about it. Okay, so uh, we're gonna wrap this up now because we're gonna do the Patreon. Um, Claudia, thank you for joining me, my love. I love you. I literally could sit here for two more hours and just talk to you. I am obsessed with you. You're like my favorite person. Let's do this again soon. For always and forever. I love you. Oh my god, I love you. You guys, thank you so much for joining. I'm not even gonna plug your shit because everyone fucking knows it. No, you can follow me on Instagram account. Girl <laughs> with no job. Pub with no job. Boy with no job. Club with no job. Morning toast. Live streams Monday through Friday, 10:30 a.m. Eastern time. Tickets are available to my tour at girlwithnojob.com. I love you. You guys, that's it for us this week. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, yeah, back next week. Bye, girl. Bye. Bye.